All right, well, welcome to Real Live Talk. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra. Really pumped that you're here to catch this interview conversation with Caleb Hires. Caleb is the senior leader of The Resting Place in Tampa, Florida. He's an author, a church planter, a worship leader, a husband, and a father. He's traveled the world preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and he's really on a mission to break God's people out of the trap of focusing on the wrong things and instead focus on the one thing that matters. It's all about Jesus, and Caleb's life is really dedicated to seeing the people of God matured in love. And so this conversation really centered a lot around two things, unity and identity. The importance of the body of Christ, regardless of denominations, regardless of all of that stuff, that peripheral kind of stuff, coming into a unity of the faith, the unity of the spirit. And he talked a lot about identity as well. You know, everything that we will ever need was accomplished in the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and the glorification of Jesus Christ. And when we live our lives fighting for position or fighting for identity or fighting to be accepted by God or by other people or whatever, we inevitably get it wrong and we live a messed up life. But when we recognize that Jesus has already secured everything for us, that we are not fighting for a place of position, but we already have that position in his heart. And it's not based on our works or merits or anything like that. It's based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. I really believe that you're going to get a lot of value out of this conversation. If it blesses you in any way, this is a brand new show and I would appreciate it if you're looking for a way to support the channel. You can do that by sharing, by subscribing. And uh, if you're listening to this on a platform that allows you to leave a review, leaving a review would help me tremendously. So thank you so much in advance. Now let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Pastor Caleb Hires. All right. Hey, buddy. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Caleb Hires, how you doing, man? Doing great. How are you, man? It's good to see you. Uh, you, you too, bud. I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. Thanks so much for being here. Um, well, uh, hey, everybody. So this is Real Live Talk. This is episode six. I'm here today with uh, my special guest, a good friend of mine, Caleb Hires. Caleb is the senior leader at The Resting Place in Tampa, Florida. He's an author, a church planter, a worship leader. Uh, he leads from a place of reliance on God's voice and God's presence. And uh, he's on a mission to see the saints of God matured in love. And uh, so stoked to have you with me, man. I love you. Honored to have you on the podcast. So, Yeah, man. Great to be back. I, mean, I like what you're doing, bro. Just sharing as many places as I can quickly there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, brother. Um, yeah, man. So how are you, man? I know it's been a little while since we've connected. How are you? How's the family? How's the ministry? I know you've got a ton of stuff going on that we'll get into. But first yeah. of all, just maybe more on a personal level, how's life? It's great, man. I mean, we've got our two amazing boys. They're, they're wild, absolutely crazy, Judah and Shiloh. But they're just a joy. They're, I love it. I love going home every day to them and having them run up to me at the door, you know, and daddy, and it's just the best. I can't, I mean, yeah. sometimes I just walk outside for a few minutes just to come back in. So they go, daddy, you're back. <laughs> just <to have laughs> just walk out and come back. Yeah. Yeah. I love no, that. They're just, they're amazing. And Jamadi's doing well. We're just finding our rhythm and being church planters and leading, leading churches. Like, as you know, you know, pastors and things like that, it's comes yeah. with its all its own bag of unique pressure. Um, but we're just really well provided for and have a great team. My team, I cannot brag on my team enough. I, it's just, they're all angels to me. And That's I mean, awesome. our church is doing really well on top of that, you know, outside the personal stuff, we somehow planted two more campuses during the pandemic and God is just, God is doing it. And we're just trying to keep up with Jesus. That's what we say here all the time. We're just trying to keep up with Jesus because the Lord is running quickly and it is called the resting place, but we are not the lazy place. Yes. So we we are Come working from rest. You know, we love it. Working very hard and God is blessing it. We just had an incredible gathering with over 30 churches on Sunday for Pentecost. It was wild. So God's moving in Florida and big all over the earth, obviously, but we're just happy to be a part of it and obey him as quickly as possible. So So yeah. good, man. I love it. I love the fact that with Jesus that you can do that. You can be really busy, but still operating from that place of rest, you Absolutely. know, and that's just, it just exudes from you, from who you are. And I love that. Tell me a little bit about, uh, to gather Tampa. That's, that was, 
that's the name of the event that just happened with Pentecost, right? To gather yeah. Tampa. Uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that, because I know that it wasn't like a one time deal. I know that you've got some there's some big things in the works for going forward. And uh, yeah. So what's that yeah. all about? Yeah, just about a month and a half ago, if you if you'll believe me, not everyone will believe me, but just about a month and a half ago, uh, my a buddy of mine, a dear friend of mine, actually, Gio Munoz, uh, he pastors a church called Abide Church, Florida, mm. just like 20 minutes from from us. And uh, he had a vision from the Lord and really the Lord spoke to him about Pentecost and said, the one thing missing from your Pentecost services is you're not together. They were all together in one accord, in one place, wow. when Pentecost arrived. And so he called me, he texted me actually, and then I called him. But he's like, hey man, I just feel like we need to gather churches as many as we can. Like, And he was like, if we can get like four or five, six churches together and just worship the Lord. And like no teaching, no preaching, no guest speaker. I really feel like that's what's on God's heart. I'm like, I'm in. And three days later, there were 10. Week after that, there were 20. We ended up 30 churches, over 1,500 adults, 30 churches, all in one field, no guest speaker, no hype, no guest worship team, all local stuff. Um, no one said their church name. It was all, you know, I'm such and such from the Church of Tampa Bay. We had a, a church from Miami drive up. Had churches from, uh, or a group from Georgia, a group from Kentucky came down. Uh, churches from Lakeland, which is about an hour away. It just was, it was, a move, I mean, incredible. And to gather Pentecost really is what God birthed. And to gather Tampa is just the first, but we see together Jacksonville, we see together Boone, we see together Miami, we see together DC, together Reading, wherever, you know, um, and it's just a model that the Lord has raised up. So it was powerful, man. I mean, Psalm 133, everyone knows that, you know, the where how good and pleasant is it for brothers to dwell in unity. Yeah. For there the Lord has commanded a blessing of life forevermore. It's already been commanded. It's just we step into that blessing when we dwell in unity. So it was so thick on that field, bro. And I mean, the spirit of reconciliation that swept through that place was mm -hmm. wild. We had foot washing stations. People were weeping while washing each other's feet. People who are in different churches because the church splits were in the same field, forgiving one another. People who had offenses towards one another were weeping, holding each other. You guys, we joke up, think about it, but it's just like the real thing, yeah, you know, man. the real thing happened. Yeah. It wasn't just a fun time. Like God reconciled yeah. people, uh, relationships that were broken got restored. We washed the feet of those who went before us on stage publicly. And we had, you know, black, white, Puerto Rican, uh, Brazilian, you know, Portuguese Come on. Uh, speaking, Korean, you name it. We had Mexican. We had all the so many, an assortment of ethnicities. And so now we're looking at um, next year together. Tampa is definitely happening next yeah. year. And we're already uh, walking some venues next week. Um and yeah, we're just hoping to really, I see a national model being raised up where one yeah. Sunday a year, and it has to be on Sunday morning, uh, the churches give up their Isaac of their Sunday morning wow. and they gather together and there's no, no star of the show except for Jesus. So the gathering is simply around Jesus and nothing else, just worship, prayer. We took communion. There was baptism. 34 people got baptized. Come um, on. It was amazing. Yeah, I saw the pools. Yeah, I think it was a, a drone shot. You, yeah, you had some drone footage up there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so cool. we hired a drone guy because we're like, we're gonna need, we need to document this. And then the guy just, I mean, it was powerful, man. And just, wow, we we're out there 5 a.m. Sunday morning, about six of us getting the sound system set up. And at one point, I had to, well, I don't want to say it on video, what I had to do to the sound, uh, the power generator to make it work but we we uh -huh. overcame some obstacles okay <laughs> but it was just the first it was just the first um and yeah we believe it's a national model that even a worldwide model that god wants you know david said it this way in the psalms that are or in i think it's second samuel i don't remember where but uh when he came to the threshing floor uh to get the ark and or, and to sacrifice the lord and the owner of it said, here, just take it. And David said, no, no, I'm going to yeah. pay for it. He's like, no, no, take it. He said, David said, I refuse to offer to the Lord that which cost me nothing. Yeah, doesn't cost me. Yeah. So I really feel like that's the the power in giving up your Sunday morning. You know, it. Uh, there was one church there, uh, Salvation City Church. Shout out to Pastor Joel for his courage. They, it was their ninth week, their ninth week as a church. They are church plant. Brand wow, new, brand new church. church. Yeah. Week nine. And they said, we're closing the doors. We're meeting in that field. Love that it. takes courage, man. Like nine weeks into your church plan. Yeah, man. 
gosh. So stories so like that, reconciliation. I mean, there was a, I, many, many healings, but one that we documented already, a lady walked in on a cane, walked out on two feet. Nobody prayed for her. She mm. had SI, an SI joint sprain, totally healed on, in worship. In worship, nobody prayed no for one, her. No one, wow. She just was worshiping the Lord and she started jumping and she realized she was jumping and she had no pain and her knee Loved was it so healed. much. So those are my favorite. And then two days later, she wrote us. She's like, it's Tuesday and my pain isn't back and I've been totally healed. So yeah, incredible. That's incredible. so good, man. Yeah. I love it so much. So it was basically what wor worship and prayer the whole time or. Yes. So we did no preaching. We did. We had worship the whole time. The band stayed up there. We had different pastors come up and pray. There were different moments where we made a call for those who want to be baptized. You know, we shared a brief testimony of one guy who had a radical uh, salvation experience just less than a month ago. And then said, hey, if you don't know, if you don't know the Lord or if you want to, you know, start walking with them or whatever, just come over to these tanks. So, you know, and then we had a foot washing thing where we washed the foot, the feet of uh, spiritual fathers in our region, those who have labored mm -hmm. for years and wow. uh, us young guys wa uh, wash their feet just as a sign of, of gratitude and thankfulness for all they've sown. So, but yeah, worship, prayer, communion, communion to end it. And, but there was no like teaching, you know, we didn't like fly in a big name to that. Everybody <laughs> wants to hear. And, but that's part of the DNA of to gather. Um, it's about Jesus and that, that yes. is it. So, we really do see like a John 17 movement, a unity movement coming out of that. And so if anyone's interested, you can go to togatherpentecost.com. There's a Facebook page. So stay connected. If you're in an area that we're not in, you you feel like maybe your church wants to be involved. If you're a lead pastor, write me an email, togatherpentecost at gmail.com, togatherpentecost at gmail.com. So think together, but with an A, together, all, you know, spelled the way it sounds pentecost at gmail.com and um be glad to talk to you uh give you the game plan you know and yeah did i spell did i spell that right that's it oh wait nope, nope i didn't no, nope. i left the pentecost, pentecost. <laughs> hang on a sec let's back that up she got a pen there oh pentecost nope. pentecost oh. oh you can see it as i'm changing it yeah pentecast, no, pentecast. <laughs> what is wrong with me i told you about it multi-time there we go did i get to it gather, you got it togatherpentecost.com <laughs> Yep. The email's on that website. You can contact me. We'll, we'll talk about it. So, awesome. yeah. Oh, I love it so much. I can't tell you how much that resonates with my heart of j just uh, the, the idea of unity, bringing together God's people. And like you said, I think it's so beautiful the way that it was done. Uh, just not elevating any particular person or any particular ministry, but everybody just coming together and just being able to experience Jesus and making it all about him. And Absolutely. it's so clear that he showed up, man. It's so clear that that in that environment that you, you know, I, I think that the best thing that we can do on every level, like that was that was big level, uh, bigger than what you expected it to be. Mm -hmm. But even on smaller levels, when it's one on one or when yeah. it's, you know, you in a Bible study or Sunday school or whatever, I think that the best thing that we can do is just become comfortable being facilitators of the yeah. move of God. You know, Absolutely. not trying to make it about us, not trying to make it about anything else, but simply just opening the door for people to connect with God, for people to have that encounter with God. Um, and I, I just, I've seen some pictures and some different things that you, that you posted and it looked intense, like some really intense moments where God was just breaking things, where God yeah. was moving in really profound ways in ways that I'm sure that, cause I, I think I even saw you maybe once or twice, and maybe it was even more than that, where you posted something, you were like, I don't know how to explain it, but something right. broke in this moment. Right. Yeah. Am I remembering that correctly? So it's yeah. just, sometimes you just know that God is doing things that are behind the scenes, that things are happening, things are shifting, shaking in the realm of the spirit that we might not even fully be aware of, but just that simple obedience to respond to, to God's call, you know, and, and yeah. this is, this is the heart of God and we're doing this and we're moving on it. We don't know what's going to end up. We might get four or five churches. We'll see what happens. And then God just completely just takes control and does yeah. amazing things with it. So absolutely. It's so I was coordinating the event. So I, Pastor Gio is like the, the face of Together Tampa because the Lord gave him that vision. But I asked him, I have skills. I have coordination skills. I have event skills. I'm, I've been playing in bands for years. I'm, you know, so I asked him, like, can I, can I run the back end? Like, can I be the operator, production manager of the event? So I'm running the whole thing. 
and you know you know how it is Duke, when you're in like go mode and you're just work mode, tact like tactician mode yeah, i have man. i have a schedule i have two sets of walkie talkies i'm like you know making sure parking is okay i'm i'm working on overflow i'm you know coordinating i'm getting passers to the stage i'm doing all that yeah. even in that mode i was getting right there were a few times where i could barely stand up like the the spirit was so thick it was like come on i was like literally even one moment talking to Gio, i just put my hands on my knees started like laugh crying like hold on i need don't ask me any questions for 30 seconds i need a minute you know because it was just ooh, you know and that's just i mean you, you get addicted to that kind of thing yeah to the manifest presence of god you yeah. know so it's just so much more powerful to do it together than on our own and it's really commanded it's commanded ephesians 4 you know says be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace for you have one father one mm -hmm. baptism all that one spirit one lord of all right so yeah. i think that the church needs to get an impartation of eagerness to maintain the unity of the spirit and the one way i've, I've said it previously is there are many spirits of unity that we can have but there's only one unity of the spirit right like there are many spirits of unity even biblically you can look at spirits of unity the tower of babel had a spirit of unity they're all wow, together true. one heart <laughs> true right really bad motive <laughs> yeah but it was the spirit of unity right yeah the pharisees had a spirit of unity this, yeah the pharisees riled up the crowd to have a spirit of unity to crucify jesus right but it wasn't the unity of the spirit Come so on. there's the spirit many spirits of unity but there's only one unity of the spirit so like we could have a spirit of unity around a political cause or even a, a tenet of the faith or you know the stuff like uh, stuff that we're like our theological hills we want to die on right like you know charismatic expression tongues no tongues word teaching exegetical preaching isogetical whatever you know those are all spirits of unity that we could rally around but there's only one unity of the spirit and it's when yeah, jesus man. is central it's when the presence of god is central when the person of christ is central to our gatherings to our heart to our goal to our one-on-one -on -one conversations just like you were talking about being a conduit facilitating that's mm -hmm. the unity of the spirit and that's we're commanded to maintain it it doesn't say accomplish it it says maintain it because that's what was yes. given at pentecost one spirit yeah. one mind one heart one lord one father in us and Come so on. i i see this as just a simple manifestation of that it's not the only one obviously uh and we don't even claim that we've started anything we've just said yes to what god is doing the new thing god Amen. is doing yeah it's a new thing but we didn't start it yeah so good you know well, I put this, uh, I shared this comment on the screen because that's my, that's my bishop right there saying that we're in, that we're in for next year. So <laughs> let's go. So, yeah. Where are you um, located again? Help me. What'd you say? Where are you located again? Help me. We're in Mobile, Alabama. Bro, to gather Mobile. To gather Mobile. All right. Let's go. So that's the model, really. We want to give you a model. We want to coach you through it, but we need a host church and then you got to, you know, if you can gather some churches, I mean, it just, as long as there's two or more, right? I mean, we're the two yeah, or more gathering, right? But the idea is you would get as many as you can, a neutral location, all of that, you know? So we'll talk more about that, but yeah, I love we'll definitely, we'll definitely talk about that for sure. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. It's going to spread like yeah, a wildfire, brother. man, like a wildfire. I'm telling you, because it's the Lord's heart. There's so many people are like, we've been praying for this. We've been feeling this. We've been sensing this. They're like, that was a confirmation. I thought they'd be a lot harder. Like pastors were not like, oh, let me pray about that. It was the month and a right, half. Yeah. Most of them had a month notice to cancel their Sunday service. That's, yeah. that's unheard of, you know? So now we have a year. So June 5th, 2022. Come on. Mark it down. I'm, I'm writing that's, it down. That's Pentecost uh, 2022. So yeah, man. And maybe uh, we, we've thought about like doing some pre-rallies or whatever, giving testimony, things like that. So um, I might be even be able to come up to Mobile and, you know, meet with you guys and, and pray with you and, and impart or whatever, you know, just to, but not the day of, because I'm going to be in Tampa. No, I so get it. <laughs> that's, but that's the beauty of it. That's not about one person, right? Like yeah, it's a man. model that anybody, any Christ focused church could do. That's why it's it feels like this is the Lord, right? Because yeah. it doesn't depend on me and it doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on one person. It doesn't depend on Pastor yeah. Gio. So that's what makes it beautiful. I love it. 
Yeah, man, I've been so uh, it's been on my mind so much. Like, how do we find practical ways where we could bring the body of Christ together in a way that transcends like denominational boundaries and those, you know, those denominational lines and stuff and crossing? I think that it's so important that we do that. And I love that this is something that's just so it's so practical that God just uh, Pastor Gio, right? That God put on Pastor Gio's heart and brought you guys all together. It's just something that's so practical. Um, Man, it's awesome. Yeah. Love and it so much. That's it. I mean, the practical, I believe the unstoppable move of God that's coming is through maintaining the unity of the spirit through practical means. I believe that's what it is. You center on the person of Jesus, right? You, that's practical. We're going to make the goal of our gathering Jesus. That's We're going to meet with Jesus today. The living Christ is the goal of our gathering, yes. right? But Come on. let's Duke. Let's let's be real, man. Let's talk about Capital C Church for a second here, okay, right? Capital C Church, American Church. Let's say American Church. American Church hasn't been about meeting Jesus on Sundays. Oops. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about your church, my church. I'm talking about historically in the last, one. let's say, 100 years, right? The last 100 years of church in the United States has not been about, we're going to go meet Jesus today. We're going to go be with Jesus, the living Christ, the fellowship of the Spirit, right? And I'm not talking about, Pentecostal expression. I'm not talking sure. about singing Bethel or elevation or, or sure, hymns sure. or whatever. I'm not talking about your brand. I'm not talking about your expression. I'm talking about the Lord of glory. The goal of our gathering has to be the Lord. I do not want to have a single Sunday at the resting place where I don't encounter the presence of God. Come on, That man. would be the worst case scenario, right? Yeah. So I believe you name it, Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, charismatic, non-charismatic, everyone should be able to agree. The reason that the church comes together should be to meet with the living Christ, the person of Jesus. 100%. Yeah. I don't know who could disagree with that, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. Practically speaking, it's not been our goal. It's not been the goal. It needs to become the goal. Yes. That needs to become the goal. How do we know we won? This week, did were the saints equipped? Were the lost found? That's how most talk, right? No, did we meet the Lord? Let's do it. <laughs> was the moment. Lord among us? Yes. That is the that's the touchdown, that's the win, <laughs> right? So that is what's coming to the earth. Yeah. That's the move of God that I believe, and it takes the church pioneering these things, like really getting back to yeah. our roots, back to Pentecost, back to the day one. The one thing that separated that day was the pouring out of the Spirit, right? So. Anyway, a little bit passionate about it. Oh, just a little bit. No, but it's, you know, when when that's the focus, those other things that you mentioned, you know, the lost being found and people getting freedom and people, uh, yeah. you know, being empowered and equipped, it happens automatically. You know, when, when Jesus is the focus, you cannot go wrong. You just right. can't. You know, I, I've because I've I've heard the the idea. I've heard people say things like, you know, you can't spend so much time like this. This doesn't even sound right the way that I'm going to say it. But there's this idea, and maybe it hasn't been expressed exactly in this way. Right. But like this idea that if you spend too much time with Jesus or too much time focusing on Jesus, that you're somehow going to get out of touch with humanity. It's that don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good kind of thing. It's that idea of, you know, if you spend too much time focusing on Jesus and not enough time focusing on people, then look, when you focus all of you on Jesus, when you focus all of your attention, all of your energy, all of who you are on him, you will automatically focus on humanity because he is intensely focused on the needs of people. And it is not unheavenly minded to be uh, in touch with the needs of humanity. God is so in touch with humanity and what people need, with what your neighbor needs, with what your family needs, with what your wife needs, your kids, your congregation, your friends. He's so in touch with what every person needs. So the closer we get to him, the more we can understand his heart and the more that we can actually be impactful to the world around us. We need to be more heavenly minded, not less. Absolutely. I tell my people, you need your head in the clouds and your feet on the ground. You're big enough for both. <laughs> You're right? big enough for both. I love it. You're yeah. the connection point between heaven and earth. You're the living gateway. I'm a gate for yes. the way. I'm a gate for the way. So open up, you ancient gates, you eternal dwelling places, you eternal doors. Make way, right, that the king of glory might come in. So absolutely. And we need to, when we focus on Jesus, the living Christ, listen, he does the heavy lifting, right? The lost get found, the found get free peace reigns that's the that's the reality that when yeah, the man. king comes in the kingdom comes with him and the kingdom 
attracts, right? The kingdom is calling forth sons and daughters. The kingdom does all these things. So it's absolutely true. And when we make it about nickels and noses, right? <laughs> when we make it about butts in the seats, when we, yes. oh, Duke, I'm a, Lord, help me. Hallelujah. I hope I don't step on any of your listeners' toes or unless they need it, whatever. You know me. You you run this risk when you bring me. I, know I, tru you know I trust you, man. Okay. Completely. Listen, when you make it about praying a prayer that isn't even in the Bible, when you make it about how many hands did I get raised, how many people at the altar, when you make it about anything that is fruit and not the root, you get in trouble. So we need to stop focusing on the fruit. You know how you remain fruitless is if you only... Think about the fruit. Wow. The way you remain fruitful is you go back to the scriptures. I am the vine. You are the branches. Abide in me and you will bear much fruit. We think I need to bear fruit. I need to bear fruit. I need to bear fruit. Yeah. No, no, no. I need to abide in him. I need to abide in him. I need to focus on him. I, David in Psalm 16, he said, I set the Lord always before me. Come on, church. We need to set the Lord always before us. And he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. In his presence, there's joy forevermore, right? In his presence, there's everything we need, right? I yeah. set the Lord always before me. Why are we not setting the Lord always before us on Sunday mornings? We're setting the, okay, I need I need to see some people baptized next week. So we better get some. Yeah, donations. We're set. Oh, God, we have bills. We better set before us a, a giving campaign. Oh, God, you know, we need this room is empty. There's not enough atmosphere. We need to get more people. We need to set before us a marketing campaign. No, set the Lord before you. The Lord of glory will give you all the wisdom, strategy, everything you need. In fact, walking with Jesus makes you extremely attractive. Okay. It does. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is attractive, not repulsive. You ever notice yeah. that the whole world was flocking to Jesus before yep. Facebook? Yeah. Why? Because it's attractive. You know, you're walking in the righteousness of God when sinners like you. You know you're walking in the righteousness of God when the world wants to hear what you have to say. Come, Come on, on church. We've been the opposite end of that. Yep. We've been walking in self-righteousness, and that's why we're repulsive to the world at many times. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Bro, you, I don't apologize. No, you're so good, man. You're all over it. You took the words right out of my mouth. The, the Jesus is everybody. Um, I think it's Bill Johnson that says it. Like everybody wants a king like Jesus. Yes. You know? They don't. They don't know it because. We give them such a bad portrayal so right. often of who Jesus is. We, we give them such a bad idea right. of who God is and who the Father is because, uh, you know, they, they, don't, they don't see it honest. They don't see it manifesting in our lives in real ways, in practical ways. They don't see the kingdom of God being unleashed in the way that they should. And the simple fact, I say this all the time, the simple fact that we have access to actual real hope gives us all of the authority in the world because... You know, if if everyone else out there, like if if the the world doesn't have hope, I mean, the Bible tells us that in Ephesians chapter two that before Christ, that we were without hope, hopeless. And so now we've we've yeah, we were hopeless. Now we have hope. We have access to hope. And the fact that every single person on this planet, whether they think that they're in good shape or not, it doesn't matter. Every single person on this planet needs and has a desire for hope. Yes. Every single person. And so the simple fact that we carry that, we have that, we have access to hope because Jesus is our hope. The simple fact that we have access to that, it gives us so much authority and so much influence. But like you said, man, you said it so well, we, when we make it about anything else, we make it about anything other than the source that becomes something that ultimately will repel people away rather than draw them near. But when we keep it simple and we make it about Jesus, yeah, people are drawn to Jesus. People are drawn to the Son of God because He's real. They're always drawn to the authentic representation of the Father because right. it's it's not some it's not this thing. It's not this like beat you over the head to death with a Bible. It's not this beat you up, condemn you, cast you to hell because you're right. because you're in sin because you're whatever man all the stuff that even like the the hot button issues that we're dealing with today like transgenderism and all this stuff like god's not as scandalized about these things as we think he is and the right. fact that uh yeah he wants people to be free that's what it is he wants people to be free he wants people to know him and have an encounter with him but like we make it we take it and we make it about like judgment and condemning and beating people up and if we would just allow people to meet jesus because He's compassionate to every single person. Yes. He's merciful and his grace is abundant and goes yes. so far beyond anything that any person's dealing with, any issue or addiction or sin problem or challenge that anybody's struggling with. He's so much bigger than that. 
And if yeah. we would just take that upon ourselves to not try to connect people with programs all the time, not that there's anything wrong with programs, right. but like you said, make it about connecting people to the presence of God. That's right. Because that's where everything shifts. That's where everything changes. That's right. Our church, I tell them almost every single Sunday, we have a team huddle. and tell them, listen, we are here to encounter Jesus together. That's the goal. That is the goal. If we have that, if we host the presence of God and encounter him together, everything else is going to work. Everything else is going to work out. And it's, I had to look it up, but it's Haggai 2.7 says that, you know, talks about Jesus being the desire of the nations, right? Yes. He's actually the desire of the nations. So why wouldn't we give them what they want? Give the people what they want. They don't know they want it. <laughs> give the people what they want. I love it. They don't know they want it, Come but on. that's what they want. According to the Bible, Christ is the desire of the nations, right? And so I we say it this way. We, we always are shouting this simple mantra that, listen, God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Yeah. You might Come think on. you're worthless, but you've been wrong before. Come on. My God says you're to die for. What if you believed him? What if you believed that Jesus actually thought you were to die for, gave up his own life for you? That would change your life. That's the transformative yeah, power of the gospel. It starts with the good news. Okay. Yes, Paul went about preaching to all people, Jews and Gentile alike, that they should repent and have faith in the Lord Jesus. But repent unto what? Right? Unto what? Yeah, away from, but unto what? I think we focus too much on what people are repenting away from instead of pointing them to what they're repenting towards. Mm, that's good. Right? Man. It's yeah. change the way you think and turn back to God, right? The, yeah. co the collaboration of those two thoughts, right? Change, change the way you think, but then also because you change the way you think, yeah. you turned and you went another direction, right? Yeah. So I focus on what you're turning to. This is what I say. I say, hey, listen, would you, you just want to do the right thing, right? If I'm talking to someone who doesn't know Jesus, I'm like, you probably, you, you want to do the right thing, right? Like, yeah. I was like, but it's tough, right? And like, yeah, you know, I'm like, you want more or less peace, in your mm -hmm. life, like you want, you want wholeness, or you want, you want chaos. You want everything in its right spot, or you want things missing. Like, oh, I want, yeah, of course I want. Peace. Who doesn't want peace? I'm like, right, yeah, yeah. And man. I'm like, you want more or less joy? You, you like more joy or less joy? Raise your hand. You want more joy or less joy? You know, there's <laughs> one answer to these things. And then I say, hey, just so you know, I just described the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy to you. Come on. And you told me you want the kingdom. It's one way to get it. You go through the king. His name is Jesus. He came to give you, he came to make your life right, to give you righteousness. He came to give you peace, his peace, not the world's peace that comes and goes, but the lasting true peace. And no matter what happens, you've got an internal peace, you're whole and joy. He wants you to be, have joy and even in trials. Yeah. Like that's what he wants to give you. Do you want the gift or not? You present the gospel like that. Yeah, man. Come on. Who doesn't want it at that point? And I believe. I believe it should be harder to say no than it is to say yes, mm. because it's good news. Yes. It's good news. If you cannot start your salvation preaching with this statement, you're not preaching the gospel. Are you ready? If you cannot start your presentation of salvation or whatever without this phrase, hey, good news. <laughs> Come on, man. If you can't start that way, you're not preaching the gospel. Duke, you know, you know, I'm talking the truth or not. I got you, man. Means I got you. It means good news. So if you can't, if you, if you're saying you're a wretched sinner, you need to turn, you're going to burn. If you can't start that phrase with good news, it's not <laughs> hey, good news. <laughs> you're going to hell. Good oh, news. God Thanks. hates you. No yep. good news. There's a savior and you're miserable. And I know, yeah, I know. Cause I was in the yeah. world and he can rescue you from yourself. He can give you peace. He can give you joy. He can set your whole life right. Do you want that or not? It's good news. Yes, I do. Okay. What must I do to be saved is what they're going to say. We start presenting the gospel like that oh, again. Come on. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. When Peter stood up and preached, they were cut to the heart, right? How do we cut to the heart? Like the heart. What is the heart? The heart is the love center. What better way to cut to the heart than with love? <laughs> God yeah. loves you. He thinks you're to die for. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He gave himself up for you so that you can have, you can have righteousness, peace, and joy. And by the way, save for eternity. 
That's the that there's a present and a future fruit of salvation. The present fruit yeah, is man. the kingdom. The future fruit is eternity, right? But eternal life is for all who believe in the Son. It says John 6, I believe it is Jesus said, anyone who believes in the Son has eternal life right now. Yes. So we can offer people eternal life before they die. <laughs> and we've been so focused on things like, you know, yes, saying the prayer, the, the prayer. You got to say the prayer. You don't have a date for your salvation. You don't. When was the day you gave your life to Jesus? I, I just started following him, and I my life changed. But when was the date? Just stuff that's extra biblical, man. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, yeah, yes, sure. Man. I have a date. It's written down in my little Bible over there because I grew up Baptist, and I, you know, December eighth. You know, <laughs> what was it? I was eight years old, so nineteen ninety-seven, December eighth, nineteen ninety-seven. I know that because it's written in a Bible. You know, but. I, you know what I'm saying? We we yeah, focus man. on these no, things 100%. that are just honestly, and this might yeah. sound crazy, tertiary side issues. What's the real issue? Are you following the Lord? Are Absolutely. you a disciple? Are you? Is your life changing? You know, like where's the fruit? Yeah, man, hundred percent. I I actually did that when I was a kid uh, because I'm pretty sure that I I the first time I prayed a salvation prayer, gave my life to the Lord. I was like five. I was like really little. Yeah. And then I think I was seven or eight years old and I was in, in church and I basically did it again because somebody told me that somebody told me right. that like, you need to have a date. You need to know the date you need to have it written down in your Bible. And like, so I was like, okay. So I basically did it again and felt like I started over because I didn't have the date. It's just so right. silly. It's so silly. Some of the stuff that we do, the stuff that we put on ourselves, the stuff that we put on people, the stuff that we live under, I mean, yeah. even like, because you're so good at this, man. You're so good. Uh, I'm, I'm reading uh, one of your books right now, Living Independenceville, which you just told me a minute ago was the first book that you that you ever came out with. And um, I didn't think it was your first book because as I'm reading it, it's like super, it's it's deep, man. It's really mature. If it, it, it didn't feel like uh, the first book that somebody yeah. would, would write. But anyway, I, um, I, I'm just seeing so much stuff in there. You're, you're so good at this uh, with telling people about who they are in Christ and their identity and, and all of this. I know you're really big on teaching like Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8 and, and yeah. just getting into our identity in Christ and, and doing away with the sinful nature. You know, so many people, they think that they're still stuck living under this thing that's oppressing them and it's right. actually been crucified with Christ it's actually been nailed to the cross and done away with can we still struggle with sin of course we can but we do it out of a faulty understanding of identity and we do it out of a wrong mindset we don't do it because we're slaves to some sinful nature because uh -huh. Jesus already took care of that and so if we would just recognize that you know you talked about the root as opposed to the fruit and when we focus too much on the fruit then what do we do? Like, oh, well, I'm not seeing enough fruit in my life, so I'm going to get depressed. I'm going to beat myself. I'm going to think that I'm not a very good, I'm not good at producing fruit. I'm not, a tr I must not be growing. I must not be whatever. But when we focus on the, like the root, the internal stuff, you know, what has Christ actually accomplished for you? Right. What has Christ actually done when he died on the cross and he rose from the dead and he ascended to his father? Like, what did that actually mean for you? Well, one thing Paul tells us, like, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, I'm like, ten and eleven, yeah. Come on, man. We walk around like, like we're we're being beaten up, like we're being depressed. We walk around like we're a victim. We walk around with a defeated mindset and mentality. We walk around in anxiety and worry and feeling judged and condemned and all this stuff. And yeah. it's just so, it, it just it just blows my mind because like. Because I'll be like, I do it too. I do. I, I can get into those mindsets too, man. And it blows my mind because it's like, this is not the reality of what's been made available to us. And it's not even about your works or your merits or how many times you read your Bible this week. It's wow. all about Jesus. It's all right. about Jesus. Everything that you're saying, man, like, like making our services and everything all about Jesus, make your life too all about right. Jesus. Because when you try to make it about you, and what you can do and you're measuring up or not measuring up like you're not you're like <laughs> you're not measuring up to to the standard in every moment of your life but guess what that's not the point you never because will. he measured up for you yeah right. and that did it I, for you i think that's part of the main problem you just hit on it duke that there's a a what do i do for god now idea right and i i understand the heart of that sure, and yes man. 
we do things for God. But I read a book a long time ago, highly recommended by Sky Jathani, Sky S K Y E Jathani with a J, uh, called With With W I T H, and he went through this amazing expose of the four postures that the church has taken over the centuries. Um, that we do things for God, we do things from from a call of God, we do things over God or under God. That it's either for God, like I got to serve God, you know, or from God, I need a calling from God, I need a specific identity in my calling, or I'm just going to use God's principles. I'm going to be over God. I'm going to use God, use Jesus's ideas and the yeah. Bible to help me self-help. Uh, or I'm under God, like I'm about to get struck by a lightning bolt if I don't do it exactly right. And he just says, mm-hmm. all of these are not biblical. All of these are wrong. All four of those are wrong. The only biblical posture is with. Come on. With God. Equally yoked with God in relationship with God. And that book changed my life, man. I, yeah, I recommend man. it all the time. And there's just, I just, the the paradigm it, as seen in Christ, he said it. He said, even the son of man did not come to be served. But to serve. But to serve. Come on, man. Washing his disciples' feet. And Peter's like, would you, you, know, you won't wash my feet. And Jesus said, and we don't hear this, man. We need to hear this. Jesus said, unless you let me wash your feet, you have no part in me. Yeah. <laughs> unless you let me serve you, you have no part in me. And we're all like, I need to serve God. I need no, no, no. Unless you let him serve you. I know people, I get branded a heretic for this, for quoting the scriptures and letting people think about it. Okay. Think about it. <laughs> if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's still trying to wash your feet. Of what? wrong mindsets the place yeah, to your yesterday stuck Come stuck on. between your toes he's trying to cleanse your feet why because how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring what is it good news right and if we're not bringing good news it's because we got dirty feet we don't have beautiful feet right and he wants to wash them he wants to serve us all right the first step in the being accepted in the beloved is to be loved be loved <laughs> Be loved. Yeah. We got to be loved. That's our assignment on the earth is to be loved. So good. You got to be loved by God. We're trying to love God. No, be loved. So we, like Peter, re- refuse the washing. And then once we get a revelation of, oh, that's required. I have to let you wash it. Okay. You got to wash me clean. Okay. Then the other type of Christian comes out where Peter says, well, wash my head. Wash the rest of me too, right? This overzealousness. And yeah. this is what Peter did. He tried to dictate the washing. Come on. He said, well, don't just wash my feet, wash all of me. And Jesus is like, this is all I need to do. Yeah. So we, sh- we should be careful that we don't refuse the Lord of glory washing our feet. We don't refuse him serving us first. That's step one. Step two, we don't try and dictate how he washes us. Well, we can't refuse it. And we can't dictate it. But both of those things lead towards the, one of those four postures, like over, under, four from, at least this striving thing, this those mindsets you were talking about, it leads to all of that. And it doesn't, it doesn't let you abide, right? It turns into sin management programs where we're clipping fruit off of our tree, right? We wow. see fruit and we clip it. Yeah, man. And then it grows back. Yep. Like, what? And we clip it again. And then it grows back and we pray again. And then it grows back. And we read again. And it grows back and we fast one more time. It's like, what's happening? You're yeah. not dealing with the root. The root is your beliefs. You're not believing on, the right man. things about yourself. As a man believes in his heart, so is he, right? So it's got to be a revelation of our beliefs. That's what living in Dependenceville is all about, depending on God, seeing the kingdom of God manifest in your life through identity, understanding who you are in Christ because of what Jesus has done, right? Yeah. It's not of our own works that any man may boast, Ephesians 2, but it is the gift of God, right? And he serves so us first. We only love so because good. he first loved us, right? So we got to break free of that. It's legalism. It's the spirit of, of legalism that says we got to get all, all the stuff right. Listen, you'll be more righteous if you just believe you were already made righteous. I promise you. You will be wow. less righteous if you try to attain it. Right? Because righteousness under the law sure. is impossible. Paul proved it. Paul proved it as Saul, right? He proved it. So we got to get this straight. I we're Here we are almost 2,000 years later after... You know, the birth of Jesus. And we're still wondering about one, like confused by old covenant paradigms. We're still, yeah, man. Know who we are. I'm not, Duke, 
here I go again, messing with people. All right. I don't even <laughs> like saying I'm going to heaven. I know I, one day I'll, I'll cross across sure. the veil, you know, I get it, but I'm not going to heaven. I'm already there. Cause Ephesians two, six through seven says, I, he raised us up past tense and seated us with him past tense in the heavenly places in Christ. We're enthroned with him already. Come Romans on, 8, 29 and 30 says, those he justified, he also, past tense, sorry, glorified. Yep. It's in your Bible too. It's not my opinion. He already glorified you. Oh, we will be glorified. No, we have been. And it's being revealed. Yes. We are being transformed on, by the renewing of our mind. That word transformed yep. is actually yep. the Greek word transfigured. Yep. We're being transfigured. Just like Matthew 17, Jesus did not get more holy when he went up the mountain. He got revealed as the true holy one. Right, and you and I are being getting a revelation of our sanctification. A person is our sanctification. Oh, First Corinthians it. one thirteen, I think it is. Um, he says he became to us wisdom from God, justification and sanctification. Sanctification is a wow. person. The process is revelation of that person, not how many times I read my Bible this week, how much have I given to the poor this month. Those things are fruit. Yes, we're trying to get the fruit without having the root. <laughs> Right, so yeah, man. so important. That's my whole life message. You done, you done messed up. Now you, you, you flipped <laughs> my nerve. Let it <laughs> out. Yeah. Well, well, let me, because um, I think this illustrates what you're talking about so well. In that same story in uh, John chapter 13, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet, it starts off with him. You know, after supper being ended, it says, uh, "Jesus, um, oh. how does it say it? Jesus, uh, knowing, knowing that he the Father." Yeah. That he will yeah. return and that all things were under his yep. authority. That all things were placed in his hands, that he had come from God, that he was going to God. Knowing that, he stood up and he put a towel around his waist and he stooped down and he washed his disciples' feet. That's the result, man. That's exactly like, it's it's such a good illustration of that because the result is when you are when you are so convinced of who you are, of your identity, when you're convinced of what God has actually placed in your hands, it's it would be like when you actually know who you are. Um, yeah. You know, somebody said this: if you really know who you are, you would never want to be anybody else. And we spend right. so much time comparing ourselves to other people. It's like when you know know who you really are, who God has made you to be. When you understand, when you have a real understanding of your identity in Christ, it, it moves you to serve people. It moves you yeah. to do these things. So you will see the fruit. You will see those things happen. But again, it comes back to that place, that root. What do you really believe? What do you believe about God? And what do you, what is your understanding of, of what he's actually done? What has he accomplished in your life? And what has he, what has his work in your life actually resulted in? Jesus right. is like standing up in this realization God has put everything into my hands. I've come from God and I'm going to God. Everything about me is wrapped up in God. And so what is my response? I'm going to serve those that are in front of me right here. Radical, radical, so radical, radical. And it reminds me of the parable that Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a man who goes sow seed in a field, goes to sleep and he wakes up and it's, born, it's sprung up. He doesn't know how. It just yeah. does. And so we're focused on the bearing fruit thing when God is like, fruit happens, man. I want to make the bumper sticker. Fruit happens. Fruit happens. I want to make it it so bad. I need to do it. Anyway, that, you know, fruit happens, but we're trying to make fruit happen. We're trying to measure the process. We're trying to make systems that make sure people say the prayer the right way. They make sure they get in it. But let's look at the fruit, man. Like you will know false teachers by their fruit. You will know these people by their fruit. You know, a tree by its fruit. What is on the what is on the tree of the American church? I mean, what's the fruit? Are we solving the orphan issue? Are we reaching the lost? Really? Are we, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not being a Debbie Downer. I'm saying, let's be brave enough to check the fruit. Okay. And if the fruit isn't the kingdom, then something's wrong with the root system. We've rooted ourselves in things that are not the source. Not the not the aquifer. We need to tap into that. Come on. And yeah. it everything else just comes naturally. Like my church isn't three years old yet. Okay. And a year and a half of that, half of that, our church has been in a pandemic. All right. Right. And we are we've tripled. We have three campuses. I didn't I cannot make that happen. I yeah. can't do that. No one can do that. So good. It's impossible. A man throws seeds and it bears your head. I don't even know how. And people are like, they ask me, how'd you do that? I'm like, 
I just obeyed the Lord quickly. I a little bit of seed here, a little water there. How'd you build those systems? I, I, as I went, I don't know. I I yeah. couldn't give somebody here's how to plant a church and here's how to like they I, they wouldn't be able to follow the program because there mm. wasn't. One. I'm not saying there's something wrong with systems and programs. Sure, he's the God of order. I get that, but sure. when we try to make our own orders, you know, yeah, instead man. of taking orders from Him, that's where we really we put the, the cart before the horse, the fruit before the root. It doesn't make any sense. We need to get back to biblical Christianity. Which I believe, if Biblical we can quickly, come on. If I if I can segue quickly, I believe it's flesh free Christianity. Yep, that's, that's what biblical Christianity is, and it's all a gift from God, all of it, gift, one hundred percent. Yeah, tell us, man, just uh, because we're we're basically in the last. Uh, little under 10 minutes here. So tell us a little bit about Flesh Free Christianity, this sort of movement that you've started. And uh, yeah, tell us about it. Sure. Uh, you know, <clears throat> the whole idea you hit on it earlier of carnality, of having a sin nature, things like that, has been a major uh, tenant of the church, right? That we're fighting against our flesh. But if you do a careful survey of those scriptures, those scriptures, the ones people use, the context, the meaning, everything about it, the, yeah. the words used actually say the opposite, that Jesus came and removed our sinful nature. And mm. now we're being healed from damage done while in the flesh. And wow. so we once were in the flesh, but we've been set free from sin. We're dead to sin, no longer enslaved to sin. We are to reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to God forevermore. Just as Christ died to sin once for all, we also are to consider ourselves dead to sin, Romans 6, 10. And 11. And so yeah, flesh free Christianity is a movement to help you defeat the true enemy. And it's not you. People think I'm they're my, their own worst enemy. I'm my own worst enemy. Yeah. Listen, dude, that's an antichrist message. Mm. All right. Because Jesus did not come to make sinners. He came to change sinners into saints. Right. If you're a yeah. sinner saved by grace, by the way, that statement is not in the Bible. Come it's on. absent from the scriptures. So I'm just I'm just a purist when it comes to the scripture. I don't want ideas that aren't from his book. I'm just, yeah. I'm a pretty uh, charismatic guy, and I love the Bible. I'm a Baptocostal. That's really the best way to say it. <laughs> All right. So if it's not in the scriptures, I really don't care what your th your thoughts are. I, I, I have a whole book of God's thoughts. So it does wow. not say anywhere where a sinner saved by grace. It says we were, like the rest of mankind, children of wrath. At enmity with God in our own minds, but God, right? Ephesians 2, but God yeah. made us alive with Christ and raised us up with him. Romans 5, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly, gave us the gift of righteousness. The gift, fire out seed out, outweighs the trespass, Romans 5, yeah. 24 through the end there, right? And so it's just, a, it's the flesh-free Christianity is really getting back to what I believe is orthodoxy. Okay, is what the, the gospel as Paul preached it, as John preached it, that if you've been raised with Christ, Colossians 3 1, seek the things that are above. Not yes. The it starts with if you've been raised. Okay, let me help you. The flesh does not get on the throne. Okay. It doesn't <laughs> on, get there. If in the old covenant, the ark couldn't be steadied. By what's his name? The guy, well-meaning Uzzah. Was it Uzzah? Well-meaning yep, Israelite. The ark, yep. Yeah, he tried to steady the ark from falling on the ground. Just because he touched the outside, he died because sinful flesh can't come in contact with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. How did you become the ark and keep breathing? How did you become the box? You must have been made a holy vessel, a vessel for holy use, a vessel of mercy, not of wrath. God wow. has done something so DNA level that you can now carry the Holy Spirit. And are you telling me that if you send the Holy Spirit leaves you, you're calling Jesus a liar because I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the spirit of Christ you're talking about. Yeah, so, man. Listen, I do not believe that any Christian is able to step into the flesh. I believe you're able to sow seeds unto the flesh. I believe, I believe you're able to act like you're in the flesh. I believe you're able to sin, of course. First sure. John 2, 1, though, is the key. One of the keys, it says, if... He says, I write these things so that you would not sin. But if any one of you sins, we have an advocate mm -hmm. with the Father, Christ Jesus, Lord. Sin is an if, not when situation. We preach it as a when. The Bible talks about it as an if. Okay? So how did these guys, how did John, the beloved, walk in such holiness? How did Polycarp, how did, you know, all these yeah. disciples of John, how did these guys do it? They didn't. They 
they let the Lord of glory do it. They believed that they had been transformed. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come, right? So justification is by faith and sanctification is by faith and glorification is by faith. It's all by faith. We receive it as a gift. That's what flesh-free Christianity is all about. We take modules. We take uh, four videos uh, uh, each for each passage of scripture. We go through key passages of scripture that talk about being uh, set free from sin, being dead to the self, all that stuff, already being crucified with Messiah, Galatians 2.20, Romans 6, Romans 8, all that stuff. There's a free uh, preview at fleshfreechristianity.com. And it's um, it's just got uh, module after module with activation stuff. And people, the testimonies coming out of it are just major freedom. People are getting majorly free. Oh, so good. After years of striving, they're like, oh my gosh, I can rest in the Lord. And they're seeing fruit. Imagine that. So it's amazing. I really highly recommend it. They're all video modules. There's a discussion board. So you can you can go on the journey with others. And it's just really great. Um, so yeah, that's what we're doing right now. We believe we want to see 100,000 Christians walking out the belief that they are flesh free right now. We want to see. That's our goal. So Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Just to just to and, and we're gonna wrap this up in a couple minutes. Uh, just to echo what you're saying, uh, Romans eight verse uh, I think it's verse nine. It is. says, "But you are not, not in the flesh, the but in the spirit." Doesn't say like if you do all the right things. It says if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. That's the Sick. qualification to be out of the flesh and in the spirit. The spirit of God dwells in you. So when you gave oh. your life to Christ and the Spirit of God took up residence within you, you became flesh-free. You became a flesh-free Christian. It doesn't mean that you can't have those like moments, <laughs> like you said, bro. Of course, we all have those moments. We can all sin. There's a right. difference. The Bible distinguishes it. It's a little bit tricky um, in the English language because it's not yeah. usually uh, distinguished well between right. like the sin nature and sinful behavior. Right. Uh, we, it's usually, you know, we see the word sin and we just assume, oh, it's the sin. That's that nature that's out to get you. It's that, no. you know, and it's just it's just not that, man. When you are in Christ, you are a new creation, as you said, and uh, Flesh yeah. Free Christianity. Yeah, man. FleshFreeChristianity.com. Check it out. How can they find, what's the uh, Facebook page where they can find some Flesh free content free as well? Flesh Free Christianity. Um, there's a Facebook page. There's a group. The group is where we post regular uh, content, free content, clips, uh, excerpts from the modules, all of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'll definitely say visit fleshfreechristianity.com, and it's definitely worth uh, the small investment you know that you'll make if you do decide to go through the the online course there. Yeah. Um, check that out. Yeah, I love we, it, man. We so gotta much. pay the platform fees, and we're actually building a team. We want to build a staff to reach more people. So, yeah. So, yeah, man. I I believe that I I love that you brought up Romans eight and nine because it's so it's a line in the sand. It's right there. And we, we, it has to be by faith. It has to be the works of Jesus that we boast about, right? I yeah. found that those who are trying to defeat their flesh brag about their efforts more than about Christ's finished work. And that's a problem. <laughs> that is a problem. So wow. we need to get back to bragging on Jesus. This position brags on Christ all day long. It says, I need him now more than I did yesterday. You know, it's all about Jesus. So Yeah, man. Love it so much. Well, hey, brother, thank you again so much for your time. Really appreciate you being here. Um, I would just say uh, you can check out, uh, we're, we're still doing calebhires.com, yep. right? So you can go uh, calebhires.com. You can find uh, all of the, well, just get access to the books that Caleb has written. I highly recommend Living in Dependenceville. Um, right. And uh, uh, your, your most recent book is, is it still uh, The Wild, Weird, and Wonderful Ways of Yahweh? Yep. Uh, if you want to if you want to have your <laughs> your paradigms maybe tested a little bit and uh, maybe maybe get I don't want to say offended is offended a good word. I don't know. Um, maybe challenge. maybe offend. Challenge. Yeah. Challenge. Challenge is the good word. Um, yeah. Just to kind of it, it's it's a really you do such a good job in that book of bringing people and it's really simple and it's it's pretty it's it's. You can read it pretty quickly. You can read yeah. it in one or two sittings, but it's just this, this, uh, you've taken a stance on some of the maybe like quote unquote weird passages of scripture where there's mystery there. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, but it, it just, it's basically battling against familiarity yep. with God, becoming overly familiar with yeah. God and uh, just main, being able to maintain that childlike awe and wonder at who God is. Um, you do such a good job of that. So I would Thanks. just say head to amazon.com. If you type in Caleb hires, um, all of his books will come up. You can also go to calebhires.com 
And uh, don't forget, check out fleshfreechristianity.com. Join the Facebook group, like the like the page, all of that. And um, yeah, anything else, man, that I missed there? That's it. Yeah, and everybody, if you haven't read Simple Power by Duke, that that's a that is a great shot in the arm for your identity. That's a great starting point. You need to. It's on the recommended reading list for the supernatural school that I lead now. So absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about that. We didn't get. Oh, Bro. you got to come back, man. You got to yeah, come I'll, back. We got to do this stuff. This. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah I appreciate you so it. Much, Bless you. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, thank you too. Bless you too, brother. Appreciate you. Love you. Uh, thank you everybody for checking out this video. If you missed it or you missed part of it, you can always uh, go back. This this episode will actually be uploaded later today to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, most of the major podcast platforms out there. Um, and uh, yeah, you can go to at DK Lamastra on Facebook, like the Facebook page. You'll get notified of all future live events. Let me just mention really quick that next week in um, just um, in honor of Memorial Day, we're, there's not going to be an episode on Monday. It'll actually be Tuesday instead at 1 p.m. Central Time, and you don't want to miss that one. It's going to be awesome. So thanks again, everybody. Have an awesome day. See you next time. All right, so this episode's over, but don't forget that you can catch new episodes of Real Live Talk live every Monday and Thursday on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn Live you can also find all past episodes at redcircle.com slash shows slash real live talk, as well as on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and a whole bunch of other platforms where you can find podcasts. Thank you so much again.